on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's Axfam. On ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, Radio, you now heard on 96.5 FM, spent some time in the Mohawk Valley this weekend, is that the in-laws, it's corned beef and cabbage day, it's one of the great days of the year my friends, hope you all enjoyed your St. Patrick's Day weekend. The parade, the day, corned beef and cabbage, all sorts of things, shamrock shakes, whatever uh, floats your St. Patrick's Day boat. Hope you enjoyed it. We're back. It's time for the madness. What do you say we dive in, my friends? Here's how you get in touch with the show. 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. All great ways to get in touch with the show, not only today, Tomorrow, Wednesday, but then that's it. Because Thursday and Friday, full, extensive coverage of da 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 The 2019 NCAA tournament is heard right here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Thanks to our friends at Westwood One. Seth Goldberg's going to be hanging at the Press Room Pub. Watching the tournament, I think I'm going to drop by for a time. Pop in, say hello, have the pot roast burger, talk some hoops with y'all, and watch some hoops with y'all, and then exit stage left. Not Seth, though. He's he's going to be hanging pretty much all day, right, Goldberg? So we've got that going on. Our bracket challenge is happening. Get in on this. Come on, you've already done about five brackets today. What's one more? Fill out your bracket with us and join our bracket challenge at ESPNSyracuse.com. Fill out your bracket. You could win. A basketball hoop with installation from Atlas Fence, a $300 Z-Bart gift card, a $100 Bradley Jewelers card. We've got all kinds of tickets to shows coming to the amphitheater this summer. Peter Frampton, Kiss, Breaking Benjamin, Tap into the Most is coming up. April the 12th, a terrific event at the Most here in downtown Syracuse. And more! Just visit ESPNSyracuse.com, fill out your bracket, cash in, baby. All kinds of great prizes. So, yes, we shall go through the brackets. We shall talk hoops. And I say this every year. I said this today. I did a little presentation at the advanced media over at Syracuse.com. They've been having me do this the past couple of years against their better judgment. And it's it's a bracket presentation, right? Tips and 
how to navigate your bracket and all that fun stuff. And I said to them, here's the first thing that you should know, and that is I don't know. There's a lot of people out there that become college basketball experts on this day. It's always interesting to hear that. I'm not going to BS you. If I don't know, I will say that. I will say, I didn't see Murray State play, but I know they've got this really good player, and you need stars in college basketball if you're a 12 seed trying to beat a five or trying to work your way into an upset. I'm going to be very curious to see what we talk ourselves into over the next three days in terms of upsets, in terms of trends, in terms of how this bracket is going to look, who will be the final four and the national champion, watching it all blow up on Thursday and Friday, and then doing it all over again next week. I love it. That's what makes the madness so great. We'll go on the blind side, full 10-question blind side on the Monday, presented by our friends at Burdick Toyota. But this is our opening drive, courtesy of our friends at Burdick BMW. And that is Syracuse and Baylor. That's how it ended up. It was nice yesterday, right? So it was funny. We were sitting down to dinner in the Axe household. It's about 5.45, and my wife's like, wait a minute, don't you have to watch the selection show? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, we'll put it on. She's like, yeah, but don't you have to, like, do a bunch of things? And don't we, do we not know if Syracuse is in or out? I'm like, no, they're in. But don't you have, and she keeps asking me all these questions, which I don't blame her for in the sense that the last few years, that's what it's been. It's been a stressful. We have to watch it from the moment it starts. Be ready to pounce. Are they in? Are they out? Everybody on the edge of their seat just waiting to see what's going to happen. And in 2016, they get in and everybody freaks out. And the Monday afterwards, Mike Greenberg and Doug Gottlieb and everyone with a national forum was here to tell you why Syracuse didn't deserve to be in the tournament. And they made the final. And then 2017 comes, and they're on the bubble again, and we think, I don't know. And then they beat Duke. John Gillen, shot. Okay, that should be good enough. I know their resume is not exactly pretty, but I think they're good. And we have Joe Lenardi on this show. They're in, Brent. I'm telling you they're in. Okay. These other guys say they're not, but you say they're in. Okay, you're Joey Brackets. We're going to go with that, Joey Brackets. And then Selection Sunday comes, and... And then last year, I think we all kind of knew. Like it was a it was a collective silence. It's like, here comes selection Sunday. Maybe if we don't talk about it, it's like a pitcher throwing a no-hitter. Maybe if we don't talk about this, maybe we'll get in. Shh, don't say it. Don't even say it. Are they in? Are they out? Don't just just don't say anything. Maybe they'll sneak in there. Don't remind them about that resume. Maybe they're just in and they'll forget about us. And then Selection Sunday comes and they did that weird format last year and an alphabetical order and all this garbage. But then there it was on the screen. And I think fans felt like the visual of the team. Of course they had a camera in the Syracuse room because they were uh, a team in doubt. And they're literally number 68 and the room explodes and Syracuse fans explode. And of course Doug Gottlieb's not happy. We have Gottlieb on the show and go back and forth, and Syracuse shouldn't be there. And Jim Beheim makes the rounds, as he does every Monday on the national shows, and they make a Sweet 16 run from the first four. So here we are in 2019, where surely the selection show was on, but we all had our feet up. We all had a nice, relaxing beverage by our side. We all were just waiting, and they went through 
the brackets, and Syracuse isn't there. And at one point, my wife looks at me and says, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. This time they're in. And we all kind of figured out a couple of brackets before they even got there, like, mm, yep, they're going out west, they're going to be an 8 or a 9, and they're going to play Gonzaga in their next round, should they win on Thursday night. Another, per- I have to do these things more on Twitter or some form of documentation so I can circle back and say when I'm right, because you guys love to say when I'm wrong. But who didn't see this coming? So once it got in, you know, the inevitable questions start coming. Well, what time are they going to play? And I turned to my bride and I said, I guarantee you they're playing the late game Thursday night. She said, why? I said, just just the way it's going. (laughs) Games are getting later and later and later. 9 o'clock, 9.30 at the ACC tournament. Let's go for a 10 o'clock start. The last game of Thursday. Why not? It's been good luck for Syracuse in some senses, not in others. But, hey, why not? Because that's why they made coffee. Really strong coffee. Baylor, we'll certainly learn more about as we go through the week. We'll have some guests on and really dig in the weeds. But I I think you get a sense of what Baylor is. Now, here's the biggest question on my mind with Baylor. Baylor does not look at a 2-3 zone and see it as a foreign object. They play some 2-3 zone. They are at least somewhat familiar with it. One of Syracuse's best tactical advantages to me, is still a tactical advantage because it's not like Baylor plays it as much, as intensive, or as well as Syracuse does, nor do they see it in the Big 12. But when you know it, it's in your back pocket and you play it, it's not quite the what is this that so many teams experience in this tournament. Baylor, like Syracuse, had an injury down the stretch to one of their key guards. Now, He did not stay out, whereas Tyus Battle was out for two games. And as he said yesterday, and as Jim Beheim said yesterday, he will play Thursday, and he's getting close to 100%. Practice today, Tyus was about 100%. Uh, Obviously a little bit rusty because not not practicing and playing for uh, over uh, a week now. But uh, I think by certainly no later than Tuesday, uh, he'll be at 100%. So that's good news. Now, that's a long flight to Salt Lake. You got to get loose. You got to get that open practice. You got all day Thursday to work on it, to monitor it. But by all accounts, Ty seems to be ready to go. And as he said last night, no jitters this time around because been there, done that. We returned pretty much everyone. I mean, uh, everyone has that tournament experience now. Uh, I have it under my belt. So uh, I think last year was. The tournament jitters, I think I was pretty excited about it, but this year I think I'm more prepared and and, uh, ready to go. Frank Howard, who has certainly come around the last two games, I think he benefited the most from that trip to Charlotte to kind of round off the edges on his game, come in confident. Frank says Syracuse is back right where he thought he would be in terms of his game. Yeah, I mean, uh, last week, you know, that's kind of how I felt coming into the year, you know, from the summer, Uh, so, you know. Got back to where I need to and uh, started to help the team as much. And Frank with the thought that every Syracuse fan had yesterday, gee, this is nice. Selection Sunday can be a pleasurable experience. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'll be lying if I, if I said it wasn't. Uh, like Ty said, you know, it's been kind of nerve-wracking the last few years. So uh, it's good. We got to just have a good day of practice, uh, you know, ease our way in there and, and just watch everything unfold. So, uh, you know, we're, we're focused on playing. Uh, 
uh, I just had to figure out where. So now you've got to figure out what those matchups are, what Baylor does. I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch much Baylor this year, so I'm learning along with everybody. But I do know they're a really good offensive rebounding team, which you've got to you've got to decipher that code. Sometimes if you're a really good offensive rebounding team, it's because you miss a lot of shots. But Baylor's a good three-point shooting team. They know the zone. And they've got a really key player at guard in Makai Mason, who played at Yale, transferred over. Now, usually that wouldn't be a grand statement in the basketball realm. But remember, Yale made the tournament two years ago. Yale is a tournament team this year, and it's becoming a pretty trendy pick to beat LSU. Even as a 14 seed taking on a three, that being in the East region in Jacksonville, because LSU is kind of an interesting team right now. They got Stewart back, but they don't have their coach. And can you go through the NCAA tournament, even with all the talent they have, without their coach? You always got to watch those Ivy League teams in the tournament, right? Our friends at Colgate, congratulations to them. Got a 15 seed. They're going to play Tennessee. I wish them all the luck in the world. We will talk some Colgate hoops throughout the week as well. But they are going to have the, they're going to have to have the three point shooting day of their lives to beat a Tennessee team that I think comes in pretty confident and a Tennessee team that I am ever so tempted to put into the Final Four. And that's not saying much because there are two and could arguably be a one in any other year. But. That's the beauty of the brackets. You go through the week, you see it a certain way, and then maybe you get a little cold feet. Now, if you're like me and you sit there and look at your watch until it strikes 11.59 Thursday morning, and then you hand in your bracket, or if you're somebody that's like, I've already done five and I'm not looking back, or you pick based on the mascots, or you based on whatever your formula everybody's got, I got the way to win this thing. You come talk to me. I got the way. I want me bracket four years in a row, right? That's the beauty of this week. It's a collective communal experience. Everyone's an expert over the next few days. Let's go. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. So not only today, but through the next few days, we'll go through the brackets. We'll start trying to find some trends, break down more of Syracuse and Baylor. It's interesting how Tyus Battle cited the experience but this is a completely different team that goes into the tournament now versus a year ago, despite having back pretty much every character from that team, adding in Elijah Hughes and Buddy Bayheim, right? Let us first find out how the stock market did today. A man who was smiling ear to ear watching the selection show. They even had a camera there at Colgate. The mascot was running around. It was great to see, and they draw Tennessee, so... Lee Baldwin is uh, ready for that game. Lee, you gonna you gonna head down to that game? Uh, boy, I'd like what to. The uh, perfect matchup for Colgate too, you know. So. It's Columbus, man. <laughs> you and me, road eats like a seven-hour drive. Let's make it happen. L- let's go. I'll, let's go. I'll do that. But I'm uh, in. The, the whole town of Hamilton's very excited. So I can fun. imagine. I can imagine, and they deserve first since Adonal Foyles uh, Colgate squad in 1996. I'll never forget this, Lee. So I went to Bishop Blood in high school. Right, And in the game before us in the 1994 state finals was Hamilton. I have never seen a team. It was four little guys and a Donald Foyle, and they just kept <laughs> getting him the ball and getting him the ball, and nobody could do anything about it. He must have had like 63 points. There. Right. He it, was it unbelievable was in high school, yeah. He was amazing, and now Colgate's back. So, How'd you guys do in that game? Uh, we won. State champs, baby. Really? Yeah, 1994 state champs. A couple yeah. more since then, but that was uh, when I was uh, the... 
the announcer for Bishop Ludden uh, basketball back in the day. Back in the day, that yeah. I didn't play on the team. <laughs> you know who did, though, by the way, is our midday host, uh, Stephen Fonte, News Channel 9. Oh, he, really? He was on that team? He was the point guard for that squad. Wow, it's all yeah, full circle. See, you learn something new every day, right? <laughs> what do we learn about the stock market? Well, today, we learned that the market was up today, first uh, yeah. trading day of the third week of March, so we'll take that. Uh, it may slow down later this week as these brackets get, you know, takes over. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Thursday it's and Friday, sure. things must be pretty slow down, down on the stock market. Um, but we did have a diamond, uh, old-fashioned advertising, Clear Channel Outdoor was up 5% today. And we'll go with the new school dog was Facebook down for the second day in a row, down over five bucks or 3%. So uh, the you know, old and the new are flip-flopped, you know? Can I, can I tell you something, Lee? They are watching us because I, I bought a, I'm not going to give the product free advertising, but I bought a product, okay? I did not mention that I was buying this product online. Mm-hmm. I paid cash. And all of a sudden, I'm getting a lot of ads for said product on Facebook. Get out. I swear to God. Big brother. They're watching, man. They are watching you. So I'm glad your stock's down today, Facebook. Stop watching me. <laughs> what are you going to do? So <laughs> You got to love it. Thanks, Lee. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. All right. Thanks, Brett. There you go. Lee Baldwin. You can find him on LeeBaldwin.com or stop in. Manlius, Casanova, Utica, all the great offices so you have more diamonds than dogs on your portfolio. They're watching you through that camera right there on your phone. And on your computer, put a piece of tape on that. It won't matter because they're still listening. What was I talking about? What happened? I, I blacked out there for a minute. Anyway, let's go through the bracket. Let's talk some SU hoops. Let's do some hot takes. Let's go on the blind side. we got a lot to do on this Monday edition on the block. Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. You know, this is such an appropriate bump because today and tomorrow, Wednesday... Especially Thursday and Friday is the greatest day. One of the great days on the sports calendar. And we all unite in our belief that we're college basketball experts in some way, shape, or form. It's a beautiful thing. This might be that only time of the year like you talk to Bob from accounting because you got to go collect his bracket. Or at least at least send him the email to invite him in the bracket. And maybe see him in the break room and you're like, hey, Bob. Last year you finished 70th. You in this year or what? Brackets bring people together. Harmonious college basketball discussion. I wanted to update this because a few of you have asked, and I'm glad you did because you got to keep me on my toes on this kind of thing. I am a bit of a scatterbrain, but uh, the local bump is coming. We collected all the music. We're now slowly but surely sorting through the music, and it just takes a little bit of time to process everything, decide what we're going to do. Um, we, we might have a little time later this week because I'm not going to be on the air. We've got uh, tournament coverage here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. that will give me a little time to really dig in on that. But the local bump, I promise you, it's it's coming. It's all collected and ready to go. and Not ready to go, but we're, we're getting it ready to go at this point. So a little update on that. I appreciate everybody that not only asked, but I appreciate uh, everybody's nice compliments on that. It's the least we can do is feature some of the great local musicians in this town, as we do on the uh, Stick to Syracuse podcast as well. Let's go back to the phones. Let's get it going here. 437-7644. My man Scooter, ready for bracket talk on the block, ESPN Radio. Scoot, you, you got Gonzaga in the middle yeah. of your bracket? What are we doing with, with the Zags here? I tell you, it's uh, we, we talked about this, what, about a month and a half ago, and you can see this coming down the highway. 
I mean, it, 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 it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, Gonzaga, it, it's interesting that Kurt, of course the irony is uh, Axe Man or maybe you know Grandpa Axe is that Gonzaga is going to be the early game and Syracuse is going to be the late game. Usually, it, usually it's the other way around. I got to stay up for Gonzaga and you know the Ashes a seven o'clock game. So go figure this one, right? They're used to that. <laughs> Come yeah. on, man. I mean, look, and when it's tournament time, I don't mind it as much. You just kind of deal yeah. with it. But when that time came across last night, I said, of course, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we call Gonzaga fans 10 o'clock. We call that happy hour. So that's, you know, that's, 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 so it's three used to it. So we'll be, up, to be, you know, we'll be up doing both games. Uh, the interesting part is, uh, you, know, you know, they did play Washington. We put course, the two three zone with Hopkins, so they have they have, they have faced a two three zone. I assume it's kind of close to what Syracuse runs, so it won't be the first game, uh, first time we're going to see a zone this year uh, when uh, Syracuse, which I believe should should be Baylor. I mean, personally, I thought Baylor should be the playing game. They, they, uh, Baylor reminds me of Syracuse of last year. If you look at the resume, I mean, it does. It, That's a it's great a point. playing game. Yep. It should be a nine seed. In fact, I'd rather play every nine seed and maybe a couple ten seeds. Ten seeds, you know, are more are more dangerous than Baylor. So, you know, Syracuse got a break right there. I think. Well, and their familiarity with the zone is something to keep an eye on. I don't know if Mason's healthy or not. They lost four down the stretch because he wasn't healthy. He was playing through an injury. They can shoot the three. They can offensive rebound. But as I said earlier, if you're good as an offensive rebounding team, that sometimes that means you miss a lot of shots. So that's not always something to kind of puff your chest out about. But these eight nine games, they can go either way. Uh, Crowd-wise, I don't know how much Baylor's really going to travel. Syracuse fans tend to show up wherever they are, but Salt Lake City is not really a cheap trip if you're coming from the East Coast. So 10 o'clock at night, what kind of fans are going to be there? I'm wondering about the intangibles and the X factors in this thing. Well, I I said said if if I'm a low seed like Syracuse is, Geographically, I want to go out west because because the one seeds never really play close to home unless you're UCLA. For example, when Gonzaga lost was the one seed and lost to Wichita State. Oh, by the way, went to the Final Four that year. Louisville played at Lexington. Kansas was the one seed played at Kansas City, and I believe uh, Indiana, which the, that year Syracuse knocked off, actually played in Dayton. So therefore, theoretically, if you're going to be an eight nine seed, the West is where you want to go because you're going to be playing probably. You know, probably a one seat away from home. And I think Gonzaga's going to be playing 800 miles away from Salt Lake City. So it's not exactly going to be a cakewalk to get there if you're a Gonzaga fan, even though they're in the West. Uh, two things to look forward to. Uh, x Men's. I'm not sure because I know you're only on probably until Wednesday because of the tournament. Killian Tilly is the key if he comes back. He hasn't played the whole year except for five games. In fact, in fact he didn't play against Duke and he still beat him. But he's the best three-point shooter. He's 6'11". He's, you know, he's... He, you know, he's a zone buster, and if he's not healthy, he only played a couple of minutes in the, in, in the tournament. He came back for a couple of minutes against Pepperdine and St. Mary's. If he's not healthy, ready to go, that's going to help out the Qs. And also, the point guard reminds me of Syracuse for Gonzaga. They're playing without a true point guard, and I, I don't think it was a coincidence. Two years ago, Gonzaga had a, 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 pure, a pure point guard, and they went to the finals against uh, North Carolina. But this guy Perkins, if he's off, He's off, but when he's on, he's on. So he's inconsistent. So now, if my memory, let me something to look forward to. Scoot, if my memory recalls, isn't he the guy that Tyler Lydon blocked in the paint at the end of the? I think the you're game right. I think you're right. And, and, so he's still there. Ironically, ironically, his freshman year, you talk about, uh, you know, you talk about uh, tripping the tripping incident. Right. You know, everybody's talking about. He actually faked. 
to take the guy out from St. John's in the, the NIT finals. The guy stuck out his foot and actually hit him in the jaw, broke his jaw, and he was out for the rest of the year. Oh so he goodness. actually missed his whole freshman year except for a couple of games. That's why he's got the fifth year he's playing this year for him. But that's the key part is, and of course, the, the other thing is the cues, right? We don't know if they're going to shoot well or not. If they shoot well, they're in ball games. If not, they're not. And that's it. That's, that's the hardest really, part about the cues this year. It's really what it comes down to. Scooter, always appreciate the end, especially when Gonzaga is in Syracuse's sights. And they've played the Zags a couple times, 2010, 2016, won those games. They beat them. Uh, there's another game they played. Was it in the Maui? I know they played Baylor in the Maui Classic, but there's another Baylor, or pardon me, there's another Gonzaga game I'm thinking of there. But, look, I think if Syracuse plays the Zags in round two, even in Salt Lake, where there will surely be a ton of Zags fans there, they've been there, done that. Not this particular team against this Gonzaga team. But there's a little success there, a little confidence there. Bayheim would probably prefer not to play his friend Mark Few, but they've crossed paths a few times, and Syracuse has handled them well, including a couple of years ago on the March Madness run to the Final Four. Now, the rest of this bracket, I implore you, if you have not watched Marquette or Murray State this year, to watch this game because these are two of the more exciting players in the country. Marcus Howard for Marquette who Marquette's a little high, in my opinion, as a five seed. But this turned into a 5-12 game. You've got Marcus Howard, 25 points a game, who could, I saw this comparison, I thought it was an apt one, could make a Kemba Walker-like run for Marquette. Not to win a title, but deep in the tournament. And Murray State, as many of you know, who hasn't lost a game since January 31st, has Ja Morant, who will be a top three pick in the draft. I think they should just let these two play one-on-one and advance either team based on that. I love Vermont. I know everybody's on Florida State. I I saw how deep they went in the ACC tournament. There's a lot to like about Florida State. But when you give Vermont a close-to-home game like this, sorry to bring this up, Syracuse fans, but we know as well as anybody the karma that goes against you there. This game's in Hartford. Tell me some Vermont fans aren't going to make that trip, scoop up those tickets, and make that a little harder on Florida State. Vermont played Kansas and Louisville tough. They absolutely dominated their league, which Florida State comes out of the ACC. That doesn't really mean much. They're a good defensive team. I don't know if athletically they match up with Florida State, but that's the beauty of the tournament. It's the X factor sometimes that decide these things. I'm loving Vermont as a big upset pick out of this West region. Buffalo is going to play either Arizona State or St. John's. And as much as I'd love to see an old Big East team, come on, the Bobby Hurley Bowl. We've got to see Buffalo take on his old team. Nate Oates, now the hot coach in college basketball. I know Buffalo just gave him a contract extension, but everybody's going to want him over the next few years. And if you're a Syracuse fan, you're saying to yourself, well, can this guy last until 2024? when that contract's up, or when Jim Beheim steps aside, whatever happens first. And I think we know Beheim's coaching through Buddy's run here at Syracuse, at the very least. But he ain't going to coach forever. And I think a lot of people like Nate Oates as the successor, as somebody who can step in and keep this gravy train rolling here at Syracuse. Buffalo, to me, is high as a six. They played like a four or a five, in my opinion. Texas Tech, if they get the three seed in the next round, is rated as one of the best defensive teams in the country. They've got a lottery pick in Culver. But I love Buffalo in the Sweet 16. Out of Tulsa, they don't have a geographic advantage there, so their fans aren't exactly going to pile 
into that game, and then if they advance, that's an Anaheim. It's a long trips to make if you're a Buffalo fan. See if the Bulls fans from across the country represent. Nevada-Florida is kind of a toss-up game. Nevada made that deep run last year, eventually losing to Loyola-Chicago. We don't get uh, Sister What's-Her-Name this year because Loyola-Chicago lost to Bradley, and they're out, right? I hope God forgives me for that. Say, hey, you know, Sister What's-Her-Name. Sorry about that, God. Michigan-Montana. No. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm not writing Montana. Why am I grabbing a pen and starting to write M? Oh, no, 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 no. M-I-C-H. Why is this? It says Montana, though. Why do I keep writing? Michigan's going to win this game. Right? The two seeds just... Just remember Michigan State a couple of years ago? We were so sure they were going to go, and then they lost. Did that help clear a path for Syracuse to make that? I just... There's always one game where you say, no way, no how, and then it happens. There's, you've got, there is always one game, or two, depending on how far in you go. And I'm talking about really high two, three seeds, where the Costanza theory applies. You've got to go opposite theory. You've got to go against your instincts and everything that tells you should happen in that game because that's what makes the tournament the tournament. So that's Syracuse's West region. Let me take a break, do some hot takes, including a sweep around some of the other big storylines in the tournament, in the bracket. We'll go on the blind side later in the show. Certainly welcome your feedback on Syracuse and Baylor and the tournament and just soaking it all in, baby, on a March Madness Monday. You're on the block, ESPN Radio, back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. I implore you to use your bracket skills to win prizes. And you can do that at ESPNSyracuse.com. Fill out your bracket for a chance to win a basketball hoop with installation from Atlas Fence, a $300 Z-Bar gift card, a $100 Bradley Jewelers card. We've got all kinds of concert tickets this summer at the Amp. Kiss, Peter Frampton, Breaking Benjamin, and more. Just visit ESPNSyracuse.com, fill out your bracket now. We will have full coverage of the tournament Thursday and Friday, so that means no on the block, but we will have basketball for you. If they're going to kick me off the air, but it'd be for something good, right? And it is. It's NCAA tournament hoops, so that means we're going to be hanging Thursday. Seth's going to be there pretty much all day, just setting up camp. I'm going to hang during this show. I'm going to come hang, just watch the games, be there, have a pot roast burger, have a cold beverage or two, and just watch the games. And that's the Murray State game. That Murray State-Marquette game is going to be bananas. Can't wait to watch that game. So, cool, come hang with us or hang at the Press Room Pub anytime uh, throughout the tournament. So one kind of side note here, different tournament, but I'm always intrigued by trolls in this sense. So this weekend, Joe Girard III won a state championship. Congratulations to him and Glens Falls for doing that. All of our local teams, West Jenny and a number of local teams that did awesome in all kinds of different sports, not just hoops, uh, state championships at that time of the year, right? So Girard hits a shot at the buzzer, and it's not a three-pointer. He got the inbounds pass, kind of got around some defenders, kissed it off the glass, boom. So there's a lot of attention around Joe Girard III, and I sadly – I think you know you've made it when you've got automatic haters, that no matter what you say and what you do, people will just crap on you on Twitter. 
It's it's odd that that's the world we live in today, but haters going to hate, as they say. So I tweet on Saturday, not thinking anything of it, not thinking I would certainly get the trolls, but maybe I should know better. And uh, I'll go look up what I tweeted on Saturday, to be exact, but it was basically like, hey, Joe Girard III, uh, here, let, let me look it up while we're talking about it here. Do, 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 do. Boy, I tweet a lot. I got to get off Twitter. Goodness gracious. Here it is. <laughs> Sorry about that. I tweet at you guys a lot. Uh, state titles in football and basketball for Joe. I can talk. State titles in football and basketball for Joe Girard III, Player of the Year honors in both sports. He comes to Cuse next year as one of the most accomplished high school athletes New York State has ever seen. Before that, I retweeted Mike Curtis, who is our high school reporter at Syracuse.com, one of many fine high school reporters, along with Nolan Widener and a number of great people that cover high school sports for us, and just say, congrats to Joe and Glens Falls, what a player. Then I tweet that, and then immediately the trolls come out. He's not as good as you think. Good luck with him. Should play at LeMoyne at best. Playing against short and slow is a little different than the ACC. How do you do an AAU? Resilient effort by the Red Raiders of Lowellville. I bleed orange more than anyone, but let's pump the brakes on Gerard. Kid plays lazy. Has a pretty bad attitude. He can score from anywhere on the floor, but mental toughness is key. Why do people get in line to let you know? First of all, okay, Jeff, if he should play at LeMoyne, then how come a guy named Shashevsky was tweeting him too? Or tweeting him. <laughs> was recruiting him too. Next time I see Coach K, you want to be like, hey, why were you recruiting a dude that's going to end up at LeMoyne? Mike Shashevsky. Boy, I can talk. You guys got me all fired up. Do you really think Mike Shashevsky recruits guys that should play at LeMoyne? So, nice take there, buddy. But why do people get in line to be trolls like this? By the way, Joe Girard, look, I've only spent a day with him. I don't know him behind closed doors. But some of those things that I just read in those tweets, the irony of somebody on Twitter calling a player lazy. Can we just recognize that? Can we just recognize you're on a social media forum pointing at somebody and calling them lazy? Like, how does that work? But all I said was state titles, football and basketball, player of the year honors. He comes to Syracuse as one of the most accomplished high school athletes New York State has ever seen. Those are facts. You can't dispute that. The guy won a state championship in football and basketball, all-time leading scorer in the history of New York State, two-time Gatorade Player of the Year. Those are facts. That is not an opinion. He is one of the most accomplished athletes in the history of the state. That's not even an opinion. Now, had I said Joe Girard III is going to be better than Jerry McNamara or something like that, then you should rip me apart because we don't know. But can we let the kid come here and develop? Because this just in, sometimes players come to college and they get better in college. Oh, Eureka, what a discovery we've made on the radio today. How do you do in AAU? You shot 40% from three-point range in AAU, if you really want to know. I get there's some skepticism about who he's faced. Joe did not go to prep school, did not... You know, Buddy Beheim even did that, right? I get that skepticism. Joe's six foot two. Can he get that shot off? Can he adjust to the college game? I don't know. How about we wait and see? 
I know we're in a hot take world where I got to get it on Twitter now. I told you three years ago he sucks. No, you're just a troll. And of all the people to pick on, like, <laughs> I feel pretty good saying Joe Girard is going to be a good player here given the resume that he has. What do you mean pump the brakes? What brakes are there to pump? I simply told you what he's done in high school before he came here. That's an indisputable statement. He is one of the most accomplished athletes in the history of New York State. You can't dispute that. Those are facts. Just look at the awards. All-time leading scorer in the history of the state. Two-time Gatorade Player of the Year. State championship in football and basketball this year. Show me the list of guys that's done that. Not very long. Why do people feel like, and I I know the answer to this as it comes out of my mouth, but I'm going to ask it anyway, that they immediately have to jump on and be the one that points out that he should be going to LeMoyne, which, you know, welcome to Muteville, because I don't want to hear any more of your opinions. And people ask me this all the time. Why do you respond to these trolls? Here's why I do it, and here's why I bring them up on this show. Because in the future, I'd like to know who to ignore. So those opinions I just read, thank you, because I've now muted you. Because I don't want to hear your crappy opinions anymore. And hey, opinions, everybody's has them, but good gracious. Why people feel like someone cannot come to college and overcome some of these obstacles you see in front of them, which are fair to point out in some ways. I've seen it time and again, and by the way, so have you. So can we stop crapping on these kids before they get here? It's it's fair to have questions. It's fair to say, can they make the adjustment? We can have an intelligent conversation about this. But should be going to LeMoyne guy? I got Coach K on line two. You want to tell him that? We'll go on the blind side next. Thank you. Bye-bye.